He ain't thinking about it. He ain't thinking about it. Chad ain't worried about no girls either. But when he catch that first one. That's what I think about <laughs> Chaz. Chaz about to give a pure D hell. <laughs> he hunching legs already. No, but man, that, <laughs> when I saw that he had to push it down to get in the toilet, he just sit down. Be like, you don't got to push, man. That fall straight down. I'd be like, you might got me. Somebody told me. Bro. Uh, <laughs> somebody. You're stupid, bro. That's what somebody told me. <laughs> I don't know. Chad got his granddaddy. <laughs> that shit skipped over me. <laughs> skipped over a generation. <laughs> Chad got his granddaddy. I walked. <laughs> it's crazy. I was talking about this. I walked on my daddy yesterday. He was naked? I had to go, because uh, I keep all the, the, the pivot, the pivot, Jack Daniel box. I keep it in the guest room closet. And they stand in the guest room. So I had to take it to work. So I was giving out bottles of the pivot to everybody at work for Christmas. And then I asked his wife, I was like, where's dad? She's like, oh, she's back there uh, showering. I'm like, okay, I just run in, grab it out the closet, and run out. And I walked in that room, that big standing there naked. <laughs> and you know, to this day, if you walking on me naked first, I'll be like, like I, I, I cover up. Man, I walked in the door at jump. <laughs> Chan, what's up, Bubba? <laughs> big <laughs> flipping around. Hey, Swear to God. Do you think part of it is the fact that he can't see you? He knew, even if <laughs> by my eyes, if I had soap in my eyes and I'm in the shower and I hear the door open, you naturally like cover up your privates. Man, that nigga cover up nothing. <laughs> just say, Chan. Hey. Chan. Hey. So what's up, Pop? Yeah, man. You good? I'm not good anymore. You just ruined my self-esteem. <laughs> hey, you know what too, Chan? That comes from years of not being nervous about it. That's what you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you he been, he been so proud of it his whole life. It was never a, a, a reflex or a reaction <laughs> that he developed. Exactly. That's crazy. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Only bitch you not can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Well, golly, Chan, that's a start. You know what I mean? Thank God the, the pivot didn't skip a generation. This is our Friday show. It's the three-man joints, myself, Freddie T, and Chan. You um, you got a comedy show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Your comedy yeah. shows. Are you excited? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not, people say I'm nervous. I don't think I'm nervous. I'm anxious. Like, I want to get started. I like, I want to get on this. I want to get the mic. I want him to play. Y'all know where I'm coming out to, right? Mm-mm. You don't even like music. I know. But this, the only, this song gives me chills every time, every time it turns on. Let me see. I don't got bad reception. So you coming out to a song that you don't actually have saved on your phone? No, I'm on YouTube. YouTube? Y'all have a, uh... You don't have, like, iTunes on your phone? No, I don't waste my memory with that. Spotify, maybe? What is that? Spotify is an app where you can play music and get like podcasts, like the Pivot, on as right. well. And Apple, you don't have Apple Music? No subscription. I don't. Man, I don't listen to music. That's 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 a that's a distraction. Would you like to tell me the song so I can find it for you? Yeah, it's called Bam. Oh, you talking about uh? Hey, Siri. Oh man. Jay Z, Bam. Thank you. You talk to. The... You don't talk to your phone either, huh? I don't man, talk. I don't to know how to use that. It shit. might be the the area in here. Yeah, see, now y'all want to make fun of me, Spotify, Siri. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to say, you do love this song. This is the one rap song you love, bro. It's just the realest song ever made. Do you have to have a walkout song for comedy? Yeah. As soon as they hear the song, everybody will start cheering. 
I'm gonna let it run for about 10, 15. What if they don't seconds. cheer? What if they don't cheer for you? They gotta you? cheer. It's me. They don't have to cheer. They're gonna cheer. They could let you just walk out to nothing. That could be their that. joke. They ain't gonna do that. I'm me. So what's the what's the name of it? It's uncensored. Uncensored. Yeah. Uncensored. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna give us? Can we get like a preview of, of maybe some of the things <sighs> that are gonna be in it? What it's stories will be told? Extremely unacceptable. Mm. Extremely. I, it, it's like as I'm saying it, like I'm cringing saying it. Is it almost, is it almost like, is it teeter-tottering on the cancel culture of comedy? Oh, because that's much. the best, that's the best comedy. Very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm giving the, I'm giving the crowd a safe word. I'm giving them a safe phrase because it's, when it gets too uncomfortable, I don't want people to start, oh, he hawing. So I'm gonna give them something to say, like, hey, you're going too far. Pull it back. Pineapples? Is that's this, how what's, bad. What's the safe word? Fuck you, Chan. <laughs> That's what your daddy tell you. That's why it makes me feel comfortable inside. So it almost helps me out. Like when I start going too bad, and then I'm gonna tell them, like, hey, if it gets too crazy, just yell, fuck you, Chan. And I know <laughs> I've reached a point in your heart that you're not comfortable being at that place. Yeah. So fuck you, Chan is the safe word for the crowd. So I it seems as if Draymond should have had a safe word. <laughs> Draymond is that bitch in his jaw. <laughs> I want to think Draymond's safe word might have been all of y'all, because <laughs> he doesn't care. Draymond act like he ain't know he hit that man in his jaw. Bro, <laughs> Draymond's crazy. No, he's not. What's he doing? He's not crazy. I know he's not crazy, but, like, is he losing ability and now going somewhere? Because he's always been wild. We know about him kicking people in the crotch and all that. But now it seems like this is every single game. You got it, Freddie. There's a quote, I think, by Mario Andretti. He says something like, um, if, if, if you're under control, you're not going fast enough or something crazy like that. But he was a race car driver. And I think for Draymond, it just seems like there's a lack of control. They say he's a good dude, first and foremost. I want to say they say he's a good dude. I never met him, so I don't know. But on the court, he seems like an asshole. You know, he's selfish because of the position he's leaving his teammates in and his team. I mean, you're there to win. They pay you that amount of money to win. And I just think these actions are selfish acts, uh, whether they say they're under control or not, whether he says, well, I apologize because, you know, I don't apologize to nobody for the stuff that I do. Yeah, whatever. It's, a, it's not a good look for the league, and they're tired of the antics. Everybody's tired of the antics. Uh, what I post, the Drabo thing, like Debo, Drabo. And I just think um, he has to take this time off to go figure it out. I think it'll be good for him. Well, at least I'm hoping. Well, what's he figuring out? He choked the hell out the big Italian boy, or the Frenchman. He's French. <laughs> he choked the hell out of uh, Gobert, mm -hmm. and now he he's he hitting uh, the man in the face. Like, we've always known that he had an edge. Like, he had an edge. I love him. I love Draymond. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, like, to Freddie's point, like, now it is a, you're a habitual line stepper. Why have he got to this point in his career is my they, thing. They, they say that um, Rich Paul, Mike Dunleavy, the general manager, and Draymond are all meeting to figure out some form of counseling. I don't think he needs counseling. I just think he has poor competitive impulse control. It would be one thing to me if Draymond Green was brandishing guns on video, if Draymond Green was getting calls for domestic abuse, mm -hmm. if Draymond Green was facing 
accusations of being a deadbeat dad and not taking care of his kids. Draymond Green doesn't have that. Draymond Green ain't fighting at restaurants, Correct. right? Draymond Green isn't some menace to society. Draymond Green does stupid things when he steps on the hardwood or in between the lines or in gyms when it comes to controlling himself as it pertains to his profession. You don't need counseling for that. You need to be a freaking adult and you need to be a professional, mm-hmm. period. It's not about apologizing to people for your actions. And we gotta think, Draymond didn't get suspended. Okay, so Draymond's first suspens- suspension was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Then his, ne- his next suspension or one of the next two was because he got too many technicals, right? So when we start to, to see this pattern of Draymond becoming an issue is you knock out Jordan Poole. You also have the Sabonis incident where you step on Sabonis, the Rudy Gobert incident where you choke him during the fight. And now this, and honestly, this one is the stupidest one. This one is 100% to me. What Draymond Green did to Nurkic is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And it's stupid because this is one of the more cowardly things Draymond Green has done, right? Like the Jordan Poole thing is definitely over the line. It was definitely too much. It was definitely too aggressive. It was definitely unprofessional. But these are two men standing in front of each other talking crap and you swung on them. Do I think it's wrong? Absolutely. But that I understand. But it's cowardly because one, he wasn't pushing you. Two, you're behaving as if you didn't mean to do it. Now, Did you mean to land one on his jaw? Maybe not. But the action of turning around, swinging your fist, you meant to hit him. And you meant to hit him in a way that could be considered accidental and hoping that because it's considered accidental, it wouldn't be flagrant, right? When when that's not intelligent, because your resume and your career and your history is automatically going to lead people to think that you did it intentionally, so why do it? And that's why I say it comes to decision-making and impulse control in between the lines. But that's the thing. Is he trying to, is he trying to prove he's tough? Because one thing, y'all know, you know, Steelers, you play with some tough humans. They didn't have to always prove they're tough because people know they're tough. When you know somebody's tough, you don't have to prove it to anybody. It seems like, and I just said, you bring up 2016 and the multiple technicals, he's emotional. But the Jordan Poole situation, the Gobert situation, and now with Nurkic, it seems that he's trying to prove something to the world. The man's been in the league for, what, 12, 13? But like, what is he... Like, why, honestly, why, why what, does he keep pushing it to that level? What honestly, is he trying though, to prove to anybody? What of those incidents proves toughness? Now, I, I was very clear about my Rudy Gobert thought. I thought I didn't have a huge problem with it, right? Like, I do a UFC podcast. If you really choke somebody for that long, they go to sleep yeah. if you do it the right way. Right? He grabbed him, he roughed him up. Rudy Gobert flared, uh, flailed, because that's what basketball players do. Now, was it slightly excessive? Yeah, but you're jumping in, it's, it's, it's an actual altercation. I'm fine with that. Like, but this one, the Sabonis one, doing these things purposely in attempt to make them look accidental, like, what does that prove? Because it doesn't prove your toughness because you're not stepping up and saying, as a man, I'm intentionally doing that. Right, there's no excuse for it. You know, some comments last night, people were talking about, well, the league has been too hard on him. I don't know if they're being hard enough because he's a repeat offender. I think he's number two all time in flagrant fouls. I mean, yeah, and, or ejections because of flagrant fouls. And KD made a, uh, during this interview, 
KD talked about, I hope he seeks the help that he needs. This is a former teammate saying he needs help. You know, so we on the outside looking in, we can see and speculate and, 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 and come up with our own thoughts, and they're valid, right? But I think Draymond is just, um, he's completely out of control. What did you call it? Uh, he has poor, poor, he has poor professional impulse control. Impulse could, control. Yeah. That would be the second thing. And everything else is just in the can. He could be even auditioning for a post career because he's fucking going to fucking MMA or some shit because well, he's, well, he's one, one, he's gonna be One, he's going to be amazing on TV because he's extremely yeah, nah, intelligent. He's very much. Uh, he's extremely articulate. But I, 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 I don't, I don't know if he's out of control, though. You know, like, like we, we've had this conversation. He has to about, be. You're, you're kicking people in the crotch. He's, he's hitting LeBron up under, under here. This is all outdoor. A lot of it is. But Freddie T. This seems is my, to be out of control. Yeah, but my point is this: if he walked up into you in, what is it, Western Florida, yep. and smoke on the water and kicked you in your nuts, I'd say he was out of control. We've spoken about someone we all know, and how that person had a certain issue that he cast off as something else. And there was a reason behind it. And because of that reason, the world forgot it happened, mm -hmm. right? And forgot it was a thing. And we all said, I don't really agree with that from the point of that's how your anger starts because it doesn't start all the time with other people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, I do believe Draymond makes bad, decision in, bad decisions in those competitive situations and in the heat of those moments or in that, in that, in that forum. But, like, when have we... And, and, maybe, and maybe I just didn't find it or I just haven't heard it. Where is Draymond away from basketball problem? Where is it? Like, like, like who are the people that run up on Draymond and say, man, Draymond, Draymond stole on me? And the, like, I, I don't hear it. And so, to me... It's about that particular thing. Like, even being around football players is like, I know they would hit that switch. Now, he plays a different sport, yeah. right? But it's being like, I know they hit that switch, and I know they had it in them, but people had to bring it out of them when we were away from it. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him on that grass, it was this. It was like that, and it was with everybody. You know what I mean? Like, the same thing, like, I don't like disrespect, you know, in that way. Right. And so, like, I get into a lot of conversation about conversations about respect in real life, but I don't fight. Right. Or I don't just put my hands on people. Whereas, like, in football, teammates, other people, it. you can get it. And, like, and it wasn't just like within the rules. It's like, if we got to throw, we can throw. If I got to headbutt you, if I got to pop your helmet off at practice, like, I did those things. And so, I'm not saying Draymond is right. I'm saying he's wrong. But I'm saying that, like, what is he going to counseling for? What is the counselor going to tell? That's the thing, Everything. though. What if there's a deeper underlying issue? It could be something as simple as some family issues that he hasn't spoken to publicly about. Like, I don't want to dismiss that, right? Because people can go through some shit and then act out in certain situations. Maybe he's back in the locker room, this is his safe place, and then when he gets on the court, he, 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 the bottle, the top pops off. He could be going through some shit, so... When I say he's out of control, I mean just on the court. And his reactions, not thinking in those moments. You call it competitive impulse disorder or whatever the hell you want. Fred, whatever Fred. it is. But he could be going through some shit, man. I, you can't dismiss that. I'm, I'm with you, but I think everything Draymond does, he knows exactly what's going on. Draymond knows exactly what he's doing every time he does it. 
Draymond knows that stuff. For him to go and choke uh, Gobert, for him to do what he's doing, Draymond knows what he's doing. To your point, when you snap, I bring up Peasy was on the show. Our boy Peasy. You know Peasy. We all know Peasy. I've been with Peasy. Joy Porter. Joy Porter. Off the field. And I've seen that trigger go. And I'm like, okay, everybody's in trouble now, no matter if we at the club, at the Publix, at the Walmart, at the Piccadilly, at the goddamn dollar store. Or on the field. If Joey snaps, Joey's gone. You never hear Draymond snap off the field. Very intelligent. I watch his podcast. He never snaps. I think everything he does is not a snap. It's not a, un- a, a, a loss of, of consciousness. Is it premeditated? He, he knows, yes, it's premeditated. Is he saying, I'm going to do some shit this I game? I think, personally, Fred, <laughs> I think, I just said it earlier, I think Draymond wants people to fear him. I think Draymond wants to be known as a tough guy, and he continues to try to do that at any venture, any, 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 any intersection he can. He's going to show, you should fear me. I'm a tough guy. You can't do that shit no more. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. That, and this is my thought. Draymond Green is an intangible guy. Draymond Green isn't necessarily a tangible guy. Now, Draymond Green to the untrained eye is not as skilled as other basketball players. Draymond Green's extremely skilled. Draymond Green's extremely, extremely intelligent when it comes to basketball IQ. It's why he's been able to be in the league. But he was a, he's a rebounder a defender, and it turned into a team, like all jokes aside, or jokes, to a team where your two best players are extremely Mm light-skinned, he turned into the enforcer. He turned into the tough guy. And I think over time, that's amplified, right? Because also what happens is, the more successful we get, the more productive we get, the more money we get, the more we become some of those things. And I think now it's gotten to the point to where it is too much, and you got to try to find a way to rein it back. Brings me to another thought. Is he a game changer or difference maker, or neither? At this point in his career? Yeah. Neither. He's still good. He'll start on 90% of the teams in the league, but he's not. You're not saying I bring Draymond in, that's going to push me to a championship anymore. Before, you're talking about, like, when they were winning, going to say was winning, that pick and roll shit that he would do with them little light-skinned fellas? Extremely skilled, extremely smart basketball Green, player. Draymond Green was, at one point, one of the biggest difference makers in basketball. Um, I'm sure this goes to Cam Newton's point. Because I believe he's a game changer because his antics it changes the outcome of the game. But, you know, because he's hurting his team. Now that's the Cam Newton thing. Cam Newton called Tua Tungavaloa, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott. He called them all game managers. Right, not necessarily game changers. He, you know, he mentioned the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the Patrick Mahomes of the world, and I think this is twofold the conversation. There's obviously Cam's opinion, which we can get into. This is a sports podcast, uh, and then the second thing is the vitriol he's received in people assessing his opinion. Right. Right. The people talking about who he is now and the fact that he wasn't great after 2018 and those things, everybody is allowed to have an opinion. And now with all these platforms, Freddie T, Chan, these opinions come from different places. Why do you think Cam Newton's opinion on game changers or not, or game managers or not, has been received so negatively? Can I say something before we get into that? Because we'll go deeper with that one. He's talking about game changers and difference makers. 
I think recently Complex had you in a magazine as the 15th sports personality sports day? personality yeah. thing. Uh, they don't understand that you are both. I think you deserve to be higher oh, in those you. rankings. You got any feedback on that? I think it's really cool to be recognized, you know, and I look at a lot of those names. There are a lot of people I respect in the business. Uh, Shay Sharp was one. Right. Uh, Mina was 10, you know, uh, Stephen A, I think was ranked in top 10, was ranked in the top 10 as well. I think it's really cool. You know, it's been a, you know, you do a lot of work. I think it's awesome to be, uh, respected. It's awesome to be acknowledged, but y'all been around me long enough. What was the first thing I did when I saw the list? I looked at the 14 people in front of me. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to know why. Yeah. Right? Like, what do they do better than me? Mm -hmm. What did Complex see in them that made them a better personality, that made them smarter, that made them more engaging, more entertaining? And so for me, it's like, well, 15 ain't good enough. And I think, you know, it's one of those things that's extremely subjective, but it's also really cool because it's about competition. Right. And you see like people like they've been making these posts about people who are on the list and the way they feel about certain things and the things they do. And I love that. Like I love like I love sport and I need sport in my life. Right. One of the biggest things about us all is we lose such a big piece of competition when we lose whatever it was we've done since we were kids that people paid us to do for a living. And so now I'm excited, even more excited because I didn't even know that was the thing. See, but let, let me. Uh, oh, we got great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say you wonder why Complex put the fourteen people ahead of you. One, you said it. It's all. It's opinionated. It's right. subjective, and it's some bias in there too. Like just naturally speaking, some people have been in the in the space, and they come with certain antics, and they're loud. And I think a lot of that is a carryover. You're you're not that. You're, you're more subtle. Definitely articulate. Uh, you are a difference maker, but I'll jump on the Cam thing. Cam has his opinion. You no, know, he's played a position, and I think, as you mentioned, it's, it's, it's twofold because he's—I believe—Cam was speaking to from what he was as a player, and what some other guys are, and how dynamic they are. And when it's crunch time, you would say, "I want my guy to have the ball," and consider them a difference maker. The game changer thing as it relates to that position and the guys he called out, this is what you want from your quarterback. You want them to understand situations. You want them to be on top. You're saying the, the game manager or game changer? Game manager. I game managers is what you want. Because the last time I checked, game manager and field general, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. You want to minimize turnovers, minimize mistakes, put your guys in, in position. Give them an opportunity to win. Remember when the Patriots would play you guys back in the day? They would go five wides against the Steelers, three, four defense, because they figured they didn't have the personnel. And they would fucking five yards, three yards, four yards, eight yards, boom, six cut, 18 yards, game manager, managing situations. And then eventually that becomes a game changer or a difference maker because you're making a difference for your team. You're not putting your team, you're not hurting your team. So I think it's synonymous there, the exact same thing. But as Cam was speaking to it, he was speaking from a perspective of, I need somebody to be dynamic and go get 80. 
you know, when it's on the line. And I made a comment. I said Tom Brady was the greatest game manager of all time. And they was like, Fred, you're wrong. You're wrong. I was in the backfield with Tom. I was in the meetings with Tom. I know what uh, Belichick and what the team expected of Tom in situations. We go out, we start a drive. Let's get a drive starter. That's managing the game. Five yards, soften them up. Six yards, soften them up. Bring them up. You hit them deep. That's managing the game. Taking advantage of what they give you is managing the game. You don't have to zone read and go get 25, 30. That's just explosive, exciting play. No. That doesn't mean why you're do a, a you, difference this, maker. This is, this is why Cam feels the way he does, honestly. Because Cam Newton carried teams on his back with less talent. You look at who he's looking at with Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. Great point. Them boys can play. Look at Tua with Tyreek Hill, an MVP candidate wide receiver. You know the motherfucker ain't gonna win because they ain't gonna give a wide receiver MVP. Jalen Waddle, Raheem Moster, leading the league in rush touchdowns. You look at what Cam did with less. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And he still was winning. He still was the MVP with less. That's why Cam's looking at it like that. These dudes are just giving the ball to people that are great. What Cam did in Carolina, bro, real talk, that shit was Superman shit, and that's why he did that when he scored. Cam is looking, it's, it's very myopic, because he's looking over the, I was a better quarterback than you guys. Y'all have better numbers because y'all have better people around you. You're managing talent around you. Why did Look you what feel, I did well, why when did I played. Why feel it was received that way from, from analysts and from people that really, they, like, people really went at they Cam's head. Hate. Like, they even, even from... Hate. Even from, like, my network that I work on to the Warren Saps of the world, people really attacking Cam and saying, well, this is what you were in your last three years and all those things. Why do you think people went at who Cam was as a player instead of just speaking to his opinion and being able to say, no, I think Brock Purdy is this. I think Tua Tungvaluwa is this. I think Dak Prescott is this. I think it's because the, the opinion of... The, the older players that haven't had success, you can always go back. Like Dan Marino. What are they going to say about Dan Marino all the time? Dan was great, huh? Dan, one of the best arm talents in the history of football. Dan is one of the best arms that's ever fallen out of a woman in the history of time. Never won a Super Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl. They always look for that knock. They always look to, honestly, to answer your question, people look to devalue others' opinions. And I think they're trying to devalue Cam. And let's be honest, being a black quarterback, being as eccentric as he is, being as outspoken as he is, people don't like that. People don't like what Cam stands for and how Cam is. But, yeah, they're going to try to find a knock at Cam anytime he can. Let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. <laughs> honestly, honestly, let's go there. Prime Cam on, on the 49ers right now. Prime Cam with the Dolphins right now. That would be a better product than Tua and Brock Purdy. And everybody knows that if you want to agree or disagree. You put Cam, what when he won uh, the MVP? 2015. 15? Put 2015 Cam on the Dolphins or the 49ers? Bro, unbeatable. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But to answer your question, I think um, 
when Superman can no longer fly, he's an easy target. Remember Cam made the comment, um, there's 32 quarterbacks in the NFL? And, nobody, and all 32 and, aren't better than correct. me? Correct. And I, I think those type comments and being loud about it and then having an opportunity to go to New England following Tom where they expected him to win or at least perform better than he did, they saw a, a steep decline in complete fall off. Yeah, that team, that, you know, that, that team was fighting to get into the playoffs they late were. into the season as They well. were, but now when Cam was benched, I don't know if it was... Uh, Matt Jones. Uh, Matt Jones, right. You know, it, you, you have a superstar player, all pro at former MVP, and then he's here, and now he comes across as disgruntled in the eyes of a lot of these analysts. And then he makes comments. And when he makes those comments, it seemed that he's directing them at the people that were giving their opinion. Right. So now this is their opportunity to give well, their opinion back. And the, it just seems as if the comment comes across as, I can do better than those guys that you have here. I, and Prime Cam can. I, and I, I believe that's what he was speaking And so to. I think when I, when I look at what Cam Newton said, and the reaction to it, I think, this way, first of all. Everyone is talking about where Cam is now and speaking from the fact that he's not on a team and that he may want to be on a team. Guess what? All of us that give our opinion, right, either can't play anymore, nobody wants us to play anymore. Right. And in some of these people cases, you never played because you couldn't play. So to speak about where Cam is making the comment from now is wrong, right? And to treat Cam as what I heard from somebody, to treat Cam as someone tweeting from their mother's basement is also wrong. Because what Cam Newton's perspective is, is different. Cam Newton's perspective is over 700 first place Heisman votes because I had 48 touchdowns in the SEC. I led the SEC in rushing with 1,400 plus yards. I threw for over 2,600 yards. It's being rookie of the year with 4,000 yards passing, which was a rookie record. 14 touchdowns. Right, 14 rushing touchdowns, right, which was the most ever. Mm -hmm. It's in 2015 accounting for 45 touchdowns, 10 of those rushing mm -hmm. and doing it his rookie year with Steve Smith at age 32 as his number one receiver, a old Jeremy Shockey, a young Greg Olson, a leading rusher who only had 800 yards. Doing it in 2015 with Devin Funches and Glenn, right? And so when he's looking at these quarterbacks, you know what he could say? Of the three I named, only one of them won rookie of the year, and that's Dak Prescott. Of the three I named, only one of them have thrown for over 4,000 yards, which I did as a rookie, right? Of the three I named, none of them have ever won an MVP, right? And so when, when Cam Newton is looking at that, he's looking at it from that perspective. And in looking at it from that perspective, I don't agree with his opinion about Dak Prescott, but I do agree with his opinion about the other two in some ways. But my point is this, though. Why do we as analysts get to talk about that man like he wasn't one of the best we ever seen do it at one time? Because when I make a comment, I don't expect people to respond to my comment with, oh, you were an undrafted free agent safety. When other people on TV make a comment, 
You don't expect them to, to respond with, oh, you played basketball at an HBCU and you were just a reporter, or you are a woman who just reports from the sideline, or you are a quarterback that was a backup his entire career, right? Those personal attacks on Cam in his lows forget his highs. And as everybody is entitled to an opinion, I don't know if it's his platform, I don't know if, if it's his clothes, I don't know if it's his bravado, I don't know if it's his paint job. But Cam Newton saying that people are game managers when you say it and hear it all the time on TV that a guy like Kirk Cousins for his entire career, everyone has called him a game manager and he's one of the richest quarterbacks that's playing football right now. It's wrong. And so when you speak on Cam and his opinion, talk about his opinion, because all of these people who are spewing this vitriol at who Cam Newton is today were never what Cam Newton was at his height. And that is the perspective and that is the perch in which he's making his assessment on, which is okay to make because all these people who now get paid to do it, never did it like him and aren't doing it anymore. So it shouldn't matter where he's making the comment from. Not, not bad-mouthing anybody. I always say, when you say this guy's good, you're not saying that guy's bad. I watched Matt Liner talk about quarterbacks. I watched Dan Orlovsky, who's a friend of ours, went out to eat with him. I love Dan. I love his analysis. I love his breakdown. I love when y'all two fuck with each other on that little screen and y'all go back and forth. RG3 is talking about sports, talking about quarterbacking. I can go on and on about these quarterbacks. Alex Smith is on one of them shows in the morning shows talking about quarterbacks. Cam Newton was better than all of them. Mm -hmm. that, that's no argument there. Cam Newton was better at football than all these quarterbacks that now have media careers. Why aren't they attacked? Why time, every time Alex Smith says something, every time RG3 says something, why don't you question RG3 and Alex Smith? You went through why, his hair, his approach, his platform, what he's doing. It's in there, Ryan. I don't know what it, I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere in what you just went through, Ryan, of why the fact that they attack Cam Newton, who is better at this sport than every other quarterback that's on TV this day. I think for me, Watching it happen gave me perspective in how I speak about people, you know? And thinking back to the foundational start of, remember when I started thinking to myself, you are an undrafted free agent, you have to respect these people. You have to respect what they put into it, you have to respect what they do. And maybe there are times I forget that, but this reminded me, right? Because it's someone who I truly, I tell the story all the time, bro. When I saw Cam Newton in person for the first time was when I realized my time was running out. Because, it took a big because he walks by me in pregame at a preseason game, and I was like, who this mother effing DN? Right? And then you realize, oh hell, that's the quarterback. Yeah. I think we have to, we have to check ourselves in our opinions, you know, had he said that these boys couldn't play at all, I think that's different. Had he said negative things about him, or had he even said to, to at that time, I'm better now than all of those guys, I think that's a different situation because now that draws attention squarely to you and where you sit. And now we could say, well, your last three years, you were this. Now, you know, you're not on a team. But to, to give that opinion, it's, it's exactly what we do every day on TV and none of us are playing basketball, football, baseball, soccer, whatever we are commenting on, because we can't no more. 
Because guess what? If you could, you would. You know, like think about RG3, when the Cleveland job came open, says like, they should pick me up. You should bring me in. You know, Joe Flacco, who you and I saw this summer, is now the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Most people, if you let them play, they still want to play. So to, to, to do this or to attack him like this because of his opinion, I felt like it was low-hanging fruit for people, and they knew that no one would necessarily defend it. Fellas, y'all know what time it is. We back to the picks. And for me, man, I got to take Pittsburgh. We changed some things up. We moving around the right way offensively, and we all know what their coach going to do. Freddie, you know you my ace. You know you my dog 20 years, baby. Baltimore is about to whoop Jacksonville this week. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to be a homer. That's your pick. That's your pick. My pick, Buffalo, Dallas. Last week, I went the other way and I took Philly. This week, I'm going to stay in Dallas. You know what? I like it, man. You like an NFC East guy, but we all know the black and gold is where it starts. Oh, now to one of people's favorite topics, though. LeBron wins the in-season tournament. Oh, goodness Right. Gracious. They got the champagne flowing. No, I'm in. I'm a. You all know I am a Jordan Kobe guy. Yes. LeBron James, period, has had the greatest NBA career of all time. Mm-hmm. Whether you think he's the greatest basketball player you've ever seen, is debatable. Well, greatest career is not. Individual, I mean, yes. because. But then you have to throw in. If, how do you how do you weight that? How do you quantify it? Because you got championships and then you got stats. Well, I mean, I think the to me, you can go to Bill Russell, who has those that that amount of championships, and it, it's difficult to compare eras. But I'm talking about the modern era and the things we've seen, right? Where being 6'11 didn't make you an anomaly, as Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain were at that time, in a time where the league is as competitive as it's ever been. Like we've never seen a player this old play at the level LeBron James is playing at. You know, even if you look at the championship losses, that's, those are still teams that he brought to the championship. He has enough championships to quantify him as a winner, but just individually, statistically, no one has started their career with as much scrutiny and exceeded expectations in many ways. And so I just think he said, I think Jordan is still the greatest player I've ever seen. Just at his height, I don't think anybody was anybody was that much better than everybody around him. Yeah. I don't think anybody controlled the ebbs and flows of the league the way he did. After his rookie year, he was never outscored in the playoff series. You know, I think just the thing, and, and there was no big moment, maybe other than Orlando, when Nick Anderson punches it out in the baseball, at the baseball season, that he failed in. So, but I think... LeBron is also an easy target because the conversation began that Kobe and Jordan wouldn't celebrate an in-season tournament win. Right? Now, what does I don't it know matter? why what it has to it go matter? there. Yes. What does it matter? It, they didn't have an opportunity to do it. You know what I'm saying? On both sides. What does this stupid-ass in-season tournament mean? It's silly. It's just a money grab to make people watch basketball before Christmas. That's all it is. We're going to create something so you watch basketball before Christmas. That's what the NBA did. And it worked. And it worked. Yep. I did it too. 
Oh, damn, these Spurs and these Lakers. I was watching games I shouldn't have been watching. The NBA. We watched Indiana Pacers and the Lakers play a regular season The Pacers. Game. And, and this goddamn Halliburton, I don't know what he got up his ass. This motherfucker is playing ball right now. But, but I didn't know Halliburton until the in-season tournament. But the fact that what would Jordan, Jordan and Kobe not do or do do in the in-season tournament, they would celebrate. You got champagne in there. You got a trophy. They're going to do it. We saw Dame Lillard. And the Bucks got the Bucks got their ass whooped. But Dame Little went over and saw the trophy. If you give him a trophy, us three right now, if we start playing cards, we want to win. Put a trophy in it, we want to win more. And I don't think, to your point, I'm a Jordan guy too, most dominant player I've ever watched in my life. I will admit Kobe can do, I mean, um, LeBron can do more. Mm-hmm. LeBron can guard one to five. You ain't putting Jordan down in that paint. Jordan's not big enough. The things that LeBron can do the, exceeds some, what Jordan can do. I would say do. this, some of those things are nature. Yes. Right. Yeah, like some of those things are just how you're born. But there's also there's also things like first team all defense, MVP, MVP of the finals, all those things that LeBron didn't accomplish ever in his career. Yes. Even with being able to guard one through five. All NBA first teams and all that defensively. So And that's where the argument's there. Yeah. But to involve the in season tournament. And compare it, though. Why are we comparing it? There's the apples that there was no opportunity for Kobe or Jordan first off, to have an in 100%. Both of those players would have played hard as hell hard to win. They would want to win. Now, the, the, but you know what it you know what it comes down to though the celebration, right? Like people think Bron is extra, which he is very right. But he grew up, and he's a part of an era that crossed over into extraness. Yes. Right, and the one thing he's done as a player and as a human is adapt to whatever the trend is and just be, he's like, to me, he's like Jay-Z. Like I tell everybody all the time, I don't think Jay-Z is an innovative music maker. I don't. I don't think Jay-Z ever introduced a trend. I don't believe Jay-Z ever changed the sound of music. What he did was he found everybody that was doing music really well at that time, he did it with them. And because he was the best rapper at the time, he made the best music. He did it better than that. He did it better than that. And that's just, that speaks to the longevity. Yes. He, he is trendy. This reminds people the celebration uh, seems excessive to some. It reminds people of the I'm taking my talents to South Beach moment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and really just opening that back up. But at the end of the day, when you're an athlete and you're as competitive as he is, you know, you want to put it all on the line. You said Kobe and Jordan, they would have went as hard. I think all the guys in the NBA went hard. Mm-hmm. They were getting, what, 500000 per yep. man to the winning t- uh, team? Yeah. LeBron was the first one. He On his resume, he's the first one to win tournament MVP. He said you can't, and he said you can't <laughs> take the first away. You, you cannot take it away. Yeah. Even in the process, he's averaging almost 26 points, eight rebounds, six or seven assists at 38 years old. This is a guy who's transcended the position, the game, you know, the longevity, he's doing things that so many of these guys probably aspire to do, you know, and he's continuing to push the mark higher and higher to the point where it's going to take almost not twice as much, but maybe as long to reach those numbers and break those marks. LeBron, in my opinion, I call him the GOAT. I call him, he's my greatest of all time. I didn't want to get to the conversation of the greatest. I kind of want to get, I wanted to get into the conversation of the fact that, like, I feel like LeBron... LeBron takes shots based on 
what we considered or how we considered greatness should behave that he shouldn't so, because he's different. Let me, so let me tell you, you know, let, quickly, Fred, let me tell you this, because I, you just said he's different, right? This is something I had to get across. I had to get over with LeBron, because I respect the hell out of this man. And y'all know, people call me a LeBron hater all the time. I had to get over this with him. LeBron is not going to punch nobody in their face. He shouldn't, though. And he shouldn't. And I respect it. He is an ecosystem. LeBron understands he's a businessman. He's been the chosen one. He was on the front of Sports Illustrated when he was 15 years old. If you disrespect Michael Jordan, you're getting punched in your face. You disrespect Kobe, you're getting hit in your face. You disrespect LeBron, he's going to yell Taco Tuesday and play on Instagram. <laughs> and that was the thing I had to get over with him. And you just, it, it, I, it made me think about it. I swear to God, RC, it made me think about it when you were talking about him adjusting, him being this younger superstar. We were used to our dogs being dogs. All the time. Bitch, what you say? And we the same way you were talking about earlier. Like, I know, and even Freddie's laid back. Let you say too much shit to Fred. Fred gonna dive on your ass. LeBron is not made like that. I had to get to the conclusion that the best athlete in the world I live in is never gonna hit anybody. We saw it recently last year. Some little crazy dude with dreads was chasing LeBron around the court. There was a five-foot-one security guard holding LeBron back. LeBron's the strongest thing in the world. LeBron does not want to fight. He doesn't want to mess up his legacy. He doesn't want to be that physical guy, the Draymond Enforcer guy. LeBron is never going to be that. I've accepted that, and now me and LeBron cool because yeah, it just—it was a point oh, I so had to, to the, get to yeah, where yeah, my yeah. superstars are supposed to be killers, and LeBron's not built like that. That's the thing, though. It's it's an it's an extremely different era. LeBron is is different in many ways, and also. He's been the chosen one since very young, right. right? Whereas those other two guys that we spoke of grew up in different eras. Like, people always act like nobody tried Michael Jordan. A lot of people tried Michael Jordan. He just was about that. Whether it was Xavier McDaniel, you know, the Reggie Millers, like, Mike didn't care. He's like, I'll, t I'll, I'll, like, I always tell people all the time, they always think, like, fighting means you can, you think you can win every fight. Fighting actually means you can wear an ass whipping. Like that's like that's that yes. that that's truly like the willingness to fight only means truthfully that I can wear losing. Because what keeps most people from not doing it is that fear. Yeah. Right? And so I think LeBron being chosen at that time, because everybody thinks he thinks about him growing up in the projects, people wasn't gonna let LeBron fight. They was gonna make sure he didn't, and that's smart. And so as he got older, he never had to do that. Then he put people around him that protected him from doing that. And then now on the court, he understands the way he's looked at. He never wants to be looked at as Draymond. And we might think differently because of who he is, but like the way I see him is this. Played in the in-season tournament, it mattered, he went and won it. Mm -hmm. The next day, he went and sat at courtside and watched his son play ball, yep. right? Like that's the thing to me that I love, that he said, that he can go play the way he did in the in-season tournament, but say, hey, man, when Bronny makes his debut, especially because of the health stuff, I'm going to be there, not with y'all. Mm -hmm. Those, to me, are the things that, like, that's his true legacy. His true legacy is, for however he did it, like, to me, it's like, oh, it's like President Obama, and I hate to, like, make this comparison. President Obama, for all you want to say about the way he was, the way he performed at his job, he ain't never have a scandal. The biggest thing you can say about the man is he wore a tan suit. <laughs> that was sweet. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, LeBron, the same thing. Like, however he's done it, 
he ain't never have an issue. Nope. And like, and I respect that. And it's like, it's about family, you know? Um, oh, by the way, your boy is balling too. Tommy DeVito. Oh, mama live with his mama and daddy? Yeah, yeah he, he was throwing that biscuit the other night. NFC you see his, you see his agent? You, you, you let that guy be your agent? <laughs> that is a cartoon character. <laughs> There's no way I'm letting him deal with my money. That is ridiculous. But that dude was like a big time receiver at a small school in college. Really? Yep. I just his, his whole outfit, the way he talks. You seen the, the movie Mask with Jim Carrey? Yes. He had the pinstripe suit on. With the, with the <laughs> He's a mask. Yeah, that thing tilted hey, up. He was like somewhere signing autographs in like a a little small spot after the game because now he's superstar. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Vito? Yeah, no, the other guy, oh, the, the agent. agent. Oh, yeah. What do you think about them kissing every time he does something good though? Like the whole family kisses. I'm a, I'm a. Isn't that I'm, their tradition? I'm okay. I'm okay with the man kiss. I'm okay with the man. I, you asked the wrong you know, person. No, no. Look at you. See, I was trying to get nasty. The New Orleans dudes, when baby and baby and Lil Wayne baby used to Lil kiss w in the mouth. I'm not okay with the kiss in the mouth. I'm not okay with the lip to lip. I'm okay with the Italian tradition. Kiss on the cheek. Yeah, the Godfather. I'm the Godfather. The Godfather. That's what it goes to. I remember watching the Godfather Casino. I remember watching them thug ass movies back in the with day. The shiny suits though in the casino. What? We had to ride way to the motherfucking desert just boy, to talk. Boy, but we gonna kiss on the cheek. Hey, when I see you in the desert, hot as hell in this shiny green suit. Mwah, mwah, mwah. So also, Tommy I'm DeVito's cool playing it. better than Danny Dimes. They yeah, are they, better. They are a better team with him. And what I say is. Somebody's gonna be like, hey man, I understand like the Italian culture. I understand you getting people who who you connect with, but they're gonna tell them, hey man, like if you want to ascend, if you want to be seen differently, you're gonna have to tell my man to behave differently. You're gonna have to keep it, or you're gonna have to keep it from in front of the camera or get you a new one. But they can't do that. They're gonna do it. But what but why? The marketing people are gonna do it. But but what's the what what's it what's it what I'm with you. I agree with you, actually. But why does it make them look bad? I don't think it makes them look bad. Who does it make them look bad? I think, I think, I think, I think for, no, for Tommy DeVito, you know how, like, because I dealt with this, because I had a smaller agent, right, who was like a short, short, bald-headed white dude that was country as hell from South Carolina, you know what I mean? And as I ascended, like, I had all these different agents try to sign me from him because I was becoming a better player. They felt like he wasn't a big enough agent. But to me, it was different because he drove from South Carolina to Terrytown, Louisiana to sit in front of my parents. And he was the only agent, like every other agent, like it's gonna be really hard for you. And you know, you probably won't get drafted and all that. And he was like, Ryan, I think you can play in this league for a decade. And I'm gonna tell everybody that, you know what I mean? And he did from the, from the moment he met me, like yeah. that's what he did, you know? But I do know that that would be every agent's pitch to me. Mm -hmm. Like, well, he don't have a lot of big guys. You think they're going to, you know what I mean? And so I do think as he continues to ascend, if he does, like that's going to be part of it. But I also understand him. Like you think of like the David Mulligettas of the world yeah. and the way that he connects to the young African-American players in ball, speaking the same language, having their back, understanding their culture. I think this, this is a lot like that. You know, but I just think your point was wrong. You can actually have your mother cook your breakfast and right. your dinners, have her make your bed, have your girls have to call the house and be like, hey, may I speak to Tommy yeah. and be a really good quarterback.
No, he got he, he ain't getting no sex. Look, as long as he keeps the main thing, the main thing, everything gonna be all right. Be all right. Everything's gonna work out. But as soon as he loses a game in New York City, what that media gonna do? They gonna kill him. They gonna roast. They gonna ride him. And then they're gonna say these are distractions. All of the stuff that we see and we cheer out there, they're gonna say these are distractions. I don't it's feel like cute. he does enough. It's cute till he's not cute. Well, I don't care because I'm trying to get Shohei Otani money anyway. <laughs> Ooh. Was, not in that, that manner. Was, Bro, Shohei Otani got a 10-year wow. deal for $700 million, and it's because he's a freaking unicorn, right? He's 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 like modern-day Babe Ruth. Ace, power hitter. Ace and a power hitter. But he's not going to pitch this year. He has to have, I think, another UCL procedure, right? So he's not going to pitch this year. He's going to make $70 million, but he's he either made so much money before he gonna make so much money off the field. He's deferred 68 million of 70 million every year until 2034. That's 680 million for the slow people out there. Ain't no way. And he, he's make, and and he makes interest, no interest off and of no him when he interest. gets. No interest. Whoever allow him to sign that bill needs to be fired. They need to go and assess the Dodgers organization because that shit ain't right. You know what it is, right? So what they did it for is the luxury tax. So now if Fred Taylor is the best first basement, first basement available, I can use that money and go get you because I don't have to pay the above and beyond luxury tax. And to him, he still gets his money. He's already rich, right? And we have to think about the way the Japanese are going to flock for sponsorships, partnerships, buy his jersey. He doesn't need that money at the time. And he's showing the team, hey, I want to win. I want to When I initially better. heard it, it reminded me of the whole Tom Brady thing. When Tom didn't go out there to go and get the biggest deals for quarterbacks, and they were able to bring some guys in and put guys around them, uh, and then that equal success. Two million a year, though, maybe 10. Or at least half. Thirty-five. I mean, it's just the, y'all are the, correct. The whole the two million. Y'all are correct. And deferring sixty-eight. That's a lot. Y'all are and correct. And it's interest, no interest at all. That's a lot of money to just allow somebody else to hold for you. Freddie, what happens? What happens in? And I know this is mm-hmm. probably kind of ridiculous. Can the Dodgers sell or? Or file bankrupt in five, six, seven years and not have to pay him. Not I guarantee you gotta get like, the money. Like, that's his bridge. But if if, if they they if are they gonna, file they bankrupt, aren't gonna file. what they, happens? They, they are Dodgers. They I know they, they won't. Ain't the Marlins. They the Dodgers. I know they won't. But like we've seen crazier shit Listen, happen in the world. Y'all are thinking you about can't this. Hold six days this is a business mind. perspective. Y'all are thinking about it. Y'all are genius businessmen, and I love y'all. This is genius. What if he goes out? He had a little Instagram model girlfriend. I just saw a video about it. What if he go out and have a baby? What if he goes out and knocks somebody up? What if he gets married and divorced? So now she can't get the child support now money at 70 million? she can't get the big sack, RC. <laughs> now she can't get the big sack. I can go f- off. I'm going to have some money. I can go fuck off. And then when I get old and I can't pitch no more, I'm about to hit him for 600 million more hey, yo, after that. And then, Chan, well, isn't it, if he has a baby now, the no. baby's going to be like eight well, by listen, the time he retires. Listen, and then once you retire, the your whatever you made while you were, if, while you were together with her, once you retire, they can't get that money. So if you're retired, 
That money after you retire is yours. This is genius for the him last, to go fuck up. Shohan Otani is about to be one of the most famous people in the world. He gonna be knocking down things left and right. Chan, and if he fucks up, always, they can't get the sack. Fuck you, Chan. What'd you that's, say for it is? That's the way. Hey, listen, think about this. No, it's He's still getting income. It's deferred year. income. No, Fred. Ten years. If he, if has, he has a baby okay, Fred, this year, Fred, when he's, when he he's done, the baby's and gotta, nine. And got to pay child then support. Then he has nine more years to pay child At support on deferred and money. From the 680 he's going to get. The 680. But he's paying child. He, if Shohei Otani skeeting somebody tomorrow, nine months later, they have a baby, she's not getting 700 million worth of child support. She's getting $2 million worth of child support. Yeah. Okay. For nine years. Hey, it's genius. For nine hey, years. Hey, it's genius. Hey, Showtime. Showtime. Show Listen, Showtime. I know he be F. F. Chan. I can tell. F. U. Chan. That's not the safe word. F. U. Chan. That's not the safe word. This is genius. What's the safe word? F. U. Chan. Fuck you, Chan. Gotta say it with a little bass too. Say the same thing. Well. So, Chan, best of luck to you. Thank you. I uh, hope you kill it. I know you will. Um, and they throw tomatoes at you. Make ketchup. Oh, I want to come over on that stage and try to slap me like Chris You heard what Tracy Morgan said. Listen. Tracy Morgan said he bring her back. That, that, I'm, listen, I whoop some ass. It's going to turn to a UFC fight. You had to talk about me RC and DC if a bitch come on that stage. It's DC and RC, but it's like the same. With all the C's. Yeah. Ray T, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> this weekend, I'll be... Um... Heading up to Jacks to uh, support my team. Hopefully they'll uh, jump off this two-game skid that they're. But you on. say your team. What you mean support your team? Not this team, my team, but the Jaguars, my football team. So I, I got to work this team. weekend. Oh, we just had our official launch on Wednesday. We revealed the name of the team, which is Sporting Club Jacks. Mm -hmm. We broke down the shield, the crest, the colors. We gave a whole rundown, our, our, our mantra, motto, uh, talked about the roadmap, what we're gonna do in the, in the community in Jacksonville mm -hmm. for the youth sports, the development league. Uh, we have a men's and women's team, uh, Super League of the USL, D1 League for the women's. The good thing about this and why I decided to uh, invest and be a part of ownership was that being in the Jacksonville community since 98, since I was drafted there, right? You could, you could look at certain demographics and see the lack of. Mm -hmm. So for me, the roadmap included, it spoke to influence, impact on the community, but most of all, inclusivity. And what we're gonna do to bridge the gap between north side, west side, east side, all of the surrounding areas in the counties, the seven counties of the first coast. It's beautiful, man, the facilities, travel leagues, like I said, uh, local youth development, with all sports, Becky Burley, who uh, led the Gators to their first soccer championship in 98. Uh, she's, a, she's a beast in coaching. So yeah, we, we got some strategic stuff aligned. So yeah, it, it just made sense for me. Good, it man. made sense. So hey, I just needed to see paperwork. Ain't no, hey, got to see the paperwork first. Yeah, Becky uh, Burley, the head coach of the Gators soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. She hated me. Because <laughs> you was probably messing with her girls, man. Running Let the that, girls running win. through that soccer team. But they was nice, though. They got their No, they I'm athletic. talking about on the, on the pitch. Was y'all running through there like Giannis was no, trying to get his pitch. basketball? Was Giannis was something. pissed off about his basketball. Wow. 60, he scored 64 points, and the Pacers took his basketball. <laughs> to, and they say they took it because he wanted the basketball. It's historic. It's the most points ever scored in Milwaukee Bucks history. I think it's like... Lou Alcindor or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
I think it's uh, Brandon Jennings had like 55 Brandon Jennings, you know, so it's the most ever scored. And they took the basketball to give to like a guy that scored like his first basket or something like that. And the, the word is he didn't even get the real basketball. They gave him like the backup game. He wants my ball. Huh? He's just not the game ball. Yeah, but did you see the dude trying to hold him that was chasing him? Yannick was running off on my man. My, my man, my man did not sign up for that. Like, but yeah, Yannick is pissed off, man. Yeah. But uh, I am actually going to Jaden's graduation. She's getting her master's. Wow. Yeah, so she's yeah. getting her master's. She's giving a commencement bro. speech. Yeah. Um, That's two in grad school. Yeah, Jaden's done. Jaden's done now. And Jordan. Jordan be Jordan's bad. finishing. Has another year left. And so um, I guess the last time I talked about her was around Thanksgiving last year. And you know, some things have changed. Some things haven't. Um, so I think the the biggest thing that I wanted to like leave everybody with is you know you have kids, you have kids, I have kids. Um, like I've been reflecting on what it is to be a parent, you know, and how hard we all try to do the right thing. You know, we're talking about things and decisions you're making for your babies with schooling and tennis and baseball and football, Freddie T, all the decisions you have to make, you know, for your boys now as, as they continue to grow. And uh, when your daughter gets to that age and she's getting her master's, you're like, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And the biggest thing about kids is like, there's no playbook to it. There's, there's no plan, and the plan has to, and your thought process is gonna be different with all of them because they're different, mm -hmm. right? And you're not gonna do everything right, and they're not going to agree with you all the time. And also, as they get older, they'll tell you what they believe you did wrong. Amen to that. My daughter, oof, right? I got and, that text. Yeah, you know. And, you, and, and then you, a call, Yeah. and I felt like shit. Yeah, and, and not he, that she aimed to do that, but bro, they yeah. let you know. Yeah, you know, and you listen. It. And I think what I tell y'all, at least in this point in my life, is that making the decisions you make for your children with their best intentions at heart because you're in love with them is never wrong. Even if they tell you, when you did this, when you were standing in front of me, or when you were here, or when you put me here. If they tell you that was wrong, it's okay because you were there. The only mistake I believe you can make in parenting is not showing up. Because if you show up, at least every story they have to tell about you in the biggest moments was that you were there. And if they say, when you were there, you did this, and I didn't appreciate it, or I don't think it was the right decision. You can say, but at least I was there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the thing I'm gonna take away from tomorrow is even though things with my family are what they are, I did my best and I was always there. And so I think that would be my advice to Chan for sure with having young babies, Fred, you still have younger ones, is be there, man and be there as your, as your best self. And, you know, because it's the most important job in the world, you'll always think about what you could have done differently, but I don't think you ever wanna have to think to yourself, 
did I or did I not show up? Because showing up is what we control. And Appreciate you, brother. Fuck you, Chan. Ah, <laughs> I got one. I made him good. Hold up. Limitless. Take a semi-cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On this vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a semi-cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.